And uh, I, I just pray we have hearts to hear what he's saying, um, what he's been saying. And uh, when, <clears throat> when Ivor got up and, and sang, it, um, in no way relating this to your, to your age or anything, but I, I felt like I, could ha- I had this picture of like one of the prophets in the Old Testament just standing and declaring. And I was just like, thank you, Lord. You're speaking. He, he changes not. He, he loves us. He chases after us the way he always has. And uh, he's after you, brother and sister. He's after every single one of our hearts. And uh, I just pray that you would open up, fling wide the gates of your heart and your life for him. And I appreciate it, right? You know, we have all these technical difficulties and stuff. And like, like, like Kristen said, it, it strips away the natural and reminds us what this is all about. It's about him. It's about him getting supreme glory. And so I just, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. This uh, message, um, the title of the message is The Posture of Your Heart. The Posture of Your Heart. To me, I feel that's where it it begins with and where we live out of is that place of a heart that's bowed low to him. He has to, to, he has to reign and rule in our hearts. Yeah. Amen? Yes. Um, the Lord just says for the last couple of weeks, um, impressing the story of the sinful woman who brought in Luke chapter 7, she brought forth an offering. And um, I want to read that story today, but I want to read it out of the message. And I'm not sure if we have that version up there, but um, it's in Luke chapter 7. If you go with me there, Luke chapter 7. Now, if I can find it. Just kidding. I can find it here. Here it is. It's right before John. Yeah. Verses 36. To 50. And I just want to read the whole story. Are you ready? <clears throat> one of the Pharisees asked him over a meal. For one of the Pharisees, let me start again. One of the Pharisees asked him over for a meal. He went to the Pharisee's house and sat down at the dinner table. Just then, a woman of the village, the town harlot, having learned that Jesus was a guest in the home of the Pharisees, came with a bottle of very expensive perfume and stood at his feet, weeping, raining tears on his feet, letting down her hair. Sorry. She dried his feet. She kissed them and anointed them with perfume. When the Pharisee 
who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man was a prophet, I thought he was, he would have known what kind of woman this is who is falling all over him. Jesus said to Simon, I have something to tell you. Oh, tell me. Two men were in debt to a banker. One owned him 500 silver pieces, the other 50. Neither of them could pay. And so the banker canceled both debts. Which of the two would be more grateful? Simon answered, I suppose the one who was forgiven the most. That's right, said Jesus. Then turning to the woman, but speaking to Simon, he said, Do you see this woman? I came to your home. Sorry. I came to your... I lost my place. Sorry. I, you see this woman? I came to your home. You provided no water for my feet, but she rained tears on my feet and dried them with her hair. You gave me no greeting, but from the time I arrived, she hasn't quit kissing my feet. You provided nothing for freshening up, but she has soothed my feet with perfume. Impressive, isn't it? She has forgiven many sins, many, many sins. And so she is very, very grateful. If the forgiveness is minimal, the gratitude is minimal. Then he spoke to her, I forgive your sins. That set the dinner guests talking behind his back. Who does he think he is forgiving sins? But he ignored them and said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Powerful story. Every time I read that and I read the posture of this woman, It hits me because I'm like, Lord, may I never stop coming to you with the gratitude of heart for what you've done for me, what you've done in my life. Jesus comes to Simon, the Pharisee's house. And in verse 36 It just said he welcomed him in and he sat down. Common courtesies of that day, and you can go and read them. There's different scripture verses from Genesis 18 all the way to Romans chapter 16. I looked at just a few last night. And the common courtesies was to wash your guests' feet and to kiss them and to welcome them into your home. It was common courtesies. And Simon was so, he was more concerned with 
being around Jesus, being seen with him. He was probably curious. Here, Jesus was just doing all these miracles. Before this, the, the centurion's daughter had been raised from the dead. And um, the woman with the issue of blood. There's all sorts of miracles, if you go and read, that had taken place leading up to this. And he just wanted to be around this man who was, you know, a religious leader. The latest thing, maybe, to him. He was curious. His desire to know about Jesus, to be seen with him, was what motivated him. But to not, to just merely know him. And it's easy when we, when you grow up in church, when we sit, it's easy to just come in and come out. Another Sunday passes, another week, another month, another season. And we don't let God truly do the deep work that he wants to do. See, there's, there's a plan and a purpose that he has when he created each and every one of us. It's his plan. And all he's saying, he, and Jesus came and died to make a way, and the Holy Spirit was given. So in this day, we could come and partner with him to walk in the plan and the purpose that he has set for every single one of us. What you've experienced in life, what I've experienced in life, is what makes the makeup of the very things that God wants to take and use for his glory. What's the posture of your heart today? Not just in this service, but in your home, in your work, in your family. How are we living? What's the posture of our heart? We have to know God is calling us deeper. The prophecies over this house of the move of God coming. Go back 50 years. There's prophecy. There's word after word. God has spoken it. Not man, God. God has declared it over this house. He's declared it over this city. Your part, what will it look like when God moves in this house? What's he saying to you? What's the posture of yours in my heart, my life? Is it in such a way that as a new believer, when they come into this place, or when they meet us out in the workplace, on the street, do they say, that's a life I want to emanate? There's something about that person. There's something on them. And it may just start with curiosity. But God has an incredible way of drawing people in. I, stri- I, I struggle with like when I put sermons together, but I, I've got a couple of points. 
<laughs> be conscious. The first one is be conscious to come with a heart bowed low. That's where we need to live from. A heart bowed low. When things go wrong with Daryl is when Daryl starts to think, okay, I've, I've got this together. I think I can do this. Instead of having the heart, like, you know, this woman, she heard about where Jesus was. She heard that Jesus was in this man's home. And she went home. And just, let me just speak into this a little bit. I mean, she wasn't carrying this alabaster jar around. It, alabaster, like, it's a rock, or it's a, like marble, it's accepted softer, and it's a vase, and it's closed. And what was in there was this ointment, this precious, precious ointment worth great value. And in order to get to that thing, you'd have to break it. It has to be broken in order to use it. Yeah. <clears throat> she goes home, she, her intention, the the, the posture, the position, the conscious decision that she's making is to go home because I got to go to Jesus and find him and bring my worship to him. Bring my life to him because the way I'm living right now is not working. I'm, I'm bound in this sin. I'm bound in this place where I have no answer. And this life is just rolling by and something needs to change. So she goes home. She makes this conscious. She's thinking. She's so overcome with the thought of how am I going to bring my worship to him? She's not concerned about the fact that there's a household of people where she's not welcomed. She's not even thinking about all the natural restraints that could be in this situation. All she is thinking is I have to get to him and I have to worship him. And she comes into that home to a place where she's never been welcomed. But Jesus is there. And she says, I and she comes in and Jesus is reclining at the table. And she begins to pour out her tears. Because she needs an answer. She needs an answer. But she, this sin needs to end. This, these strongholds in my life, they need to come down. And she begins to pour out her worship unto Jesus. Her tears as she stands behind and Jesus is reclining. She comes up behind him. She's doing everything from a place of humility, a place of brokenness. She's not trying to bring any kind of facade, any kind of look at me. All she's saying is, I am desperate for worship towards the one who I know can touch my life. If he's done this for others, if I've just heard a little bit of what he's done, if I come to her, to him, I know my life can be touched. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and she breaks. Her tears are washing the feet because this man who's invited her into his house hasn't even given the common courtesies because he just wants to be around Jesus. But she, she is running. She's reaching for, the, for all that she knows, the life that comes from this Jesus. And so she washes his feet with her tears and wipes it with her hair. And then she breaks the alabaster jar, flask, whatever. She breaks it and pours it out and anoints him. She doesn't just do the common courtesies. She pours out her gratefulness for him. She pours it out upon him. The conscience to come with a heart bowed low. When we realize the depth of our need for him, doesn't matter how long you've been in the church or what you've done. This doesn't matter. He wants to touch us afresh. He wants to keep us to keep our first love hot and burning for him. Our hearts passionate for him. She uses her tears. She uses everything. Pride has no room. Pride has no room. Can I say it again? Pride has no room. There's no room for it. She's not concerned about what man is going to think. She has no concern about the appearance of man. All she wants is Jesus. All she wants is the one who can save her, can deliver her. And realizing at this time, everything that she's, she's seen and heard is just, it's the stories, the buzz that's around and she just, she's like, I need help. This man can help. And she brings her worship to him. The second thing is have a heart to honor Jesus first. Having a heart to honor Jesus first. She came and honored Jesus with common courtesies. But she was not in her home. She used what she had to bless him, to worship him. Her heart posture brought blessing and salvation and wholeness to her broken life. Her worship honored Jesus in a stranger's home. In honoring Jesus' place in our lives, we honor those around us. 
in honoring Jesus in our lives. If Daryl, if, if I am letting Jesus do all he can to, in me, I honor Dell. I honor her. Because when Jesus is touching me and my life, and he's removing, he's, he's pointing out, Holy Spirit is pointing out the things that he's trying to pull out and the things he's trying to pour in. It affects the people around you. It affects the people around you. This morning was evident. We had the evidence of when, a, when hearts are just ready to just worship him regardless. And, and Ivor, when you stood up here, I, 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 like, I walked towards you because my spirit was just literally drawn to what God was doing and saying. That I just, my flesh is not going to stop me from where I have to get to. Thank you, Lord. And when we honor Jesus, can you imagine a house full of people honoring Jesus with their lives? What it'll do to this city and this community. What it'll do in our workplaces, in our governments. What it'll do. And that's what draws people. That's what draws people. Do you know, and then Jesus turns to Simon. Because Simon says, man, if he knew that this woman was, was a harlot, was a sinner, she's got a reputation in this town. If, you, if he knew, he wouldn't let her touch her. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be letting her touch him. Or come near him. Simon was coming from a broken place. He was coming from a place of self-preservation. It was about his ministry, his, his liturgical place, whatever it is. Like his, his place as a teacher, as an upstanding person in the community. But he had lost what it was all about. And yet Jesus still is trying to reach Simon. He's still trying to reach Simon. Because he takes the time to use a parable to speak. Because he looks at the woman, but he's speaking to Simon. Verse 40. And he's instructing Simon saying, if, some, if a debtor, one with uh, 500 or one with 50, we've, we read that story. And he uses this to teach Simon about forgiveness, about where it matters, what matters to him. Simon, get back to the very reason that we, why you were called into the ministry. was because people are broken and they need Salvation. And so he's taking, 
His heart is not only for this woman, but it's for Simon. It's for everyone in that household. And that's the beautiful thing. No matter where we're at today, he's trying to get to you. He's trying to touch you. If you honor Jesus first in your heart, he will speak. He's speaking. Jesus teaches the truth about obedience to him. About humility and brokenness and a posture of the heart. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14, I love the story. You know, David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant in. And the first time they got it wrong and Uzzah died. But the second time when they did and when they were obedient to God, they brought the Ark in and God poured out to the place that David was so full of zeal. He, he took off his outer garments and he was in his ephod, his, his underwear. And he was dancing and twirling. The Bible says dancing and twirling violently. He was, posture was not even a concern. And this was the king. He was ruling a nation. And he, he comes in and he's dancing and twirling and he's just absolutely abandoned to God, to worship to God. It's beautiful. It was the posture of David's heart. And you know, David goes down in history as being a man whose heart was after God. That's incredible. That's incredible. Let, it, let that be of us, Trinity. That's a church where pe- that there is a people whose heart is after God. And I already see it. We already see it. I love each and every one of you. And I just love, I, I learn so much in the time that Del and I have been here. We've learned so much about the heart of love, the heart of family, this, the, the safety that's in this place to, to, to run and just be who God has called you to be. Do we realize how rare that is? Thank you, family. Thank you. That's just something on the side. But. Jesus' heart was to, to reach Simon. And then finally it was to reach this woman. And in verse, in Luke chapter 8, verse 50. And I want to read this in the, the I got the spirit-filled uh, living Bible. Sorry, the Spirit-filled Bible. Spirit-filled life Bible. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh, I tell you. And in verse 50, it says, your faith has saved you. He's speaking to the woman. Go in peace. Where was it again? Verse 50, Luke chapter 7. The word saved is the word sozo. And I want to read this from the Strong's. It's sowed zoe is the, the um, Greek word. The Strong's explains it this way. And Jesus is saying this word to her after her worship. When she's come, he's saying, you are saved. He's saying to save, to heal, to cure, to preserve, to keep safe and sound. To rescue from danger and destruction. To deliver. Sozo. Saves from the physical death by healing. And from spiritual death by forgiving sins. And its effects. Sozo. Is in primitive culture. Is translated simply. To give new life. And to cause To have a new heart. To cause to have a new heart. She came with a heart of sin. She left with a new heart. If you're in this place today, today is the day for salvation. Today is the day for you to get your new heart. Thank you, Jesus. And I think I just, in closing, your heart and my heart must be a heart of humility and gentleness and surrender. Matthew chapter 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Amen? Amen. And one more scripture verse in Matthew chapter 11. Verses 28 to 30. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. I asked a question earlier. I want to ask it again. What do you picture your part looks like? What is God calling to you to? What is burning in your heart? To do for him. There's a move of God coming. I believe it with all my heart. I know you do too. Mm-hmm. It's been spoken. Mm-hmm. And God does not speak in vain. He speaks with intent. Mm-hmm. 
There's a move of God coming. Posture your heart to be poured out for him. Posture your heart to be poured out for him. For his glory. Partner with the Holy Spirit. Last week, Mark gave an example with a jug of water and a glass. And he poured and poured, symbolizing the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And I sat here with Dell, and I was convicted because I was more concerned with the splashing that was going on of his, the water on your, your nice shoes and your pants. And, Scandalous, yeah. yeah. I was more concerned with that. And the Lord just said, you can't can't contain me. To you in the natural, it looks messy. But to him, it's, it's beautiful. And if you're here and you just, and there's restraints that you've put on, it's time to let them go. Don't restrict, you can't restrain them. Eventually you will have to. You might as well start today. I might as well start today by kicking off the restraints and letting him be not only Savior, but Lord of my life. And so I encourage you today. Maybe we could, do you have a direction? Or just, yeah. Jerry. I think there is a, a need, a call for response to this word. It's just not one need to say, oh, time to get out of here. So, Justina, could you play quietly on the piano for us? And um, when you had mentioned the sentence just a few minutes ago, um, today would be a good day uh, to get a new heart. Yeah. And it had brought to mind the man after God's own heart from Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, oh. and renew a right spirit within me. And um, David did it frequently. And I've been doing it a lot more frequently in my own life wow. because it's amazing. I go to that bad place or the dark place in times of struggle. And even when dealing with people, I go, I just already write them off in my mind, you know. And, and God doesn't do that with us. Yeah. God spoke to Simon even after he showed bad behavior. And um, I think what we're going to do here, we're going to have you close in prayer, but it's not going to be a closure. We're going to maybe ask uh, Mark and, and Ivor and a few others just to come up here. And we want to help you today to peel off some of that stuff that's blocking your heart from where the Lord wants you to. God can do it without us. Yeah. But I just really felt today, you know, and especially when Daryl said there was such, um, when leadership prays over people, you know, God, there's an anointing in there that God brings. We're not so great, but God in us, you know, wants to set people free today. And so um, if there are lots to come up, I would just encourage many of you and leaders, you know, to come up here and let's just minister to people today. Again, I thought, oh, we could just have the Lord do it. But no, I think, I think we, want to be, we want to be there with you. We want to pray you through it. And if you want to get a new heart today, if your heart feels heart, hardened, if you're struggling with things that you just can't get rid of, I would invite you to come forward, and we're going to pray with you, and we're going to ask the Lord to break off some of the chains, break oh, off some of the layers Jesus. of onion that are holding you back from serving him. So, Daryl, why don't you pray with us? And, and Justine is going to continue to play. And I just invite you, come on up, and we want to see breakthroughs. 
in this house today, and we want to pray the power of the Holy Spirit over you this morning. Amen. I got this. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we just stand? Posture your heart today. Posture your heart if the deacon team can come forward and those who can help to pray. Today is the day. Let's make today the day that we say, Lord, I'm kicking off the restraints. I'm kicking off the restraints and you have my whole heart today. You have my whole heart today, Lord. You have my whole heart today, Lord. Come on, let's just begin crying out. Just say, God, you have my heart today. Father, you have my heart. We're not responding to man. We're responding to you. It's all about you. It's always ever been about you, Lord. Young and old, come on, respond to God today. Respond to him today. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your people, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your purposes, Lord God. They're greater than what we even could imagine. Greater, Lord God. So come and pour your spirit out today on your, on your people. We're hungry for you, Lord God. We posture ourselves, Lord, our hearts to receive you, to receive all you have for us, Lord. We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.